0: Praise God. Now, before I begin this morning on the message that I know the Lord has given me to share, uh, I want to just tell you something that um, I've decided to do. Um, many, many times when someone's preaching, you know, you have questions that are on your mind from what the guy is saying or the lady's saying, and um, you've got nowhere to go with those questions, really. Well, we want to open the door now for you to be able to, um, at least when I preach, that you can text in your questions, all right? So the number for texting in a question that you may have um, out of what I'm going to be preaching this morning is 309-518-1717, all right? Now, those questions are going to be got to me. And then on Wednesday night, at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live, I am going to be on there answering questions and talking to whoever will tune in uh, to Facebook Live on Wednesday night. All right, so if you have a question, then text the question in to that number 3095181717, and then um, tune in to Facebook Live on on, uh, Wednesday night at 7 and I will be talking to you and seek to answer any questions that come in. Is that a deal? All right, good. All right, so this is where we're going today. We're on the last of a series that we have called Hope for Broken Families. And over the last month or so, we have been looking at the life of Abraham and Sarah and their children. And um, um, from it, we have seen that there are no perfect lives and there are no perfect families. This morning, we are going to the New Testament now. We're leaving that family, Abraham and Sarah. And actually, we're going to look at Jesus' earthly family a little bit. And um, we're going to Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, And uh, we're going to read from verses 19 to 21. So if you have your iPhone, your iPad, uh, or if you're looking at the iScreen, all right, uh, you can read along, uh, you can just follow along as I read this scripture. Luke chapter 8, verses 19. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. But they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. Jesus replied, my mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and do it. A very, very strange answer to the question, your mother and brothers are outside and they want to see you and we need to understand what's going on here we need to get the back uh, back of this story we need to look and see what's happening here because at first sight it seems that Jesus is being rude to his mother and to his brothers but there's a reason behind his words firstly Jesus is secure in who he is he is the son of god He is God in the flesh. And so when we come to this Scripture, we are looking at Jesus, the Son of Man, but who realizes that He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. And so it is that now as He speaks, He is speaking out of that realization, I am the Son of the living God. Secondly, from his identity, you can now understand his actions. You see, he knows his his identity. He is God in the flesh. And so out of that, his activity is that he's preaching, he's teaching, he's healing, he's casting out demons. And soon he'll take on the atoning work of the sin of the world he will now, take the sin of the world to the cross. His identity now causes him to move into action. Now, I, I have to tell you this that his brothers thought he was crazy. Oh oh, yeah, you know, if you go to Mark chapter 3 and verse 21, they came looking for Jesus another time, and Jesus' family came to him, and, and what they tried to do, they tried to take him away thinking that he'd lost his mind, that he had totally lost it. And I can understand that a little if your brother came and says, hi, I'm God, Lord and Savior." and Christ. I'm here to atone for the sins of the world, and on the side, I like to walk on water as well. Now, if your brother came like that, and, and, and it is that they said, you, you'd be like, well, you know, you need to come home, and you need to drink some herb tea, and, and you need not to be saying things like you're saying, and we're going to get you some help. You need help. You, we're going to get you the help that you need, And that's what Jesus' family started with him. They didn't immediately say, oh yes, he's God in the flesh. They didn't didn't say, oh yes, of course, he's God. They were convinced over time. They got it over time, especially when the resurrection happened. Jesus rises from death, and then what we see happening is, is that now they look and say, well, we weren't ready for that. Some of that God stuff he was talking about, now it takes on a new credibility. When he rose from the dead, they began to see that he was who he said he was. So Jesus rises from death, and what do we see happening? His mother is numbered amongst 120 who were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the power of God was poured out. Mary is there, numbered amongst them. She's praying, she's worshipping her resurrected and then ascended into heaven son, Jesus. And she's worshipping him as God And we see his brothers, James and Jude. You'll find that James and Jude, his brothers, wrote two books in the New Testament. And um, they are now bearing the name of Jesus. They have become Christian pastors. And they are proclaiming boldly... Our big brother is the sinless Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he has conquered Satan and sin and death by the cross and by the resurrection. And they are out there, trailblazers of their brother. Jesus is working out of his identity into activity here. And so when we see him and we think he's being rude to his mother and his brothers, no, he actually knows who he is. His identity is secure. He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. And now it is that he's not going to allow his unbelieving brothers to stop him doing what his identity as God in the flesh called him to do. Now, how many know this is the reverse of our religion and most people in our world work? You see, in our world, including sad- sadly in false teaching churches and non-Christian religions, that you will find that they are based on activity that establishes your identity. So what you do now identifies who you are. It is that activity establishes identity. You have to do something to become someone. In religion, and how many know at Riverside we're not into religion, we're into Jesus? Amen? And the fact is, that in religion, this would be you would have to give and you have to serve and you have to pray and you have to go to Mecca or somewhere like it in order that you could find yourself pleasing in the sight of God. You have to reincarnate or you have to suffer, or you have to go into purgatory, or so that God would find you pleasing in His sight, so that you could have this loving relationship with God, or at least a forgiving relationship with God. You see, in the eyes of religion, your activity creates your identity. When you come to the secular world, and you look at the world who do not believe that Jesus is. You're defined by your appearance. You're defined by your job. You're identified by your performance. You're identified by your status in life. So it's whatever you do, whatever you have accomplished, or the way that you look now determines your identity. But when you come to Christianity, when you come to now the message of Jesus, it is completely the opposite. Through the grace of God and the work of Jesus and the love of the Father, we receive a new identity. Then out of that identity comes our activity. Not so that God could love us, he already loved us. Hey, I want to tell you, before I lifted a finger for Jesus, He loved me. Before, before ever, before ever, it was that I ever preached a word or stood up and testified and stood up and worked with the poor and the broken and everything else that's gone on in my life. Before ever that happened, Jesus loved me. I was loved by Jesus before any activity came along. He wasn't waiting for me to be good before He loved me. He wasn't waiting for me to work before He loved me. He has loved me. He has loved me. He has loved me. He has loved me. And He has never stopped loving me. You see, the fact is, out of the identity then comes the activity so that God would love us No, because he already has loved us. So that God would accept us. No, he has already accepted us. In Christ Jesus, I am accepted and (laughs) loved. See, who we are determines what we do. Will you say that with me? Who we are (coughs) determines... Okay, just nudge the people next to you. They need to wake up a bit, all right? I'm going to get you up doing exercises in a minute. All right, come alive here. All right, all right, come on, let's say it again right out loud. Who we are determines what we do. It's not what we do that determines who we are. And it's the miracle of Christianity. So it is that as God leads us to activity, it is simply the outworking of who I am. What does He make us then? What what does he make us? Well, let me give you this scripture. This is a very important scripture. I want you to mark it in your Bibles. I want you to highlight it on your iPad. I want you to write it out somewhere and keep it before you. Listen to what it says, 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, Come out from among, the, among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. And you should now be on your feet shouting and hollering because of that last line. Listen to what it says. I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So here's the first thing that happens When we receive Jesus into our life, number one, God becomes our father, and we become his sons and daughters, and we now belong to the family of God. Oh, and not only that, our oldest brother is none other than Jesus. Oh, our identity then is family. This is grace. Grace. And this is great. God's father, he is loving, he is perfect, he is gracious, he is merciful. Listen, if you had a bad father growing up, I feel sad for you. I'm sorry about that. But when I talk about God the father, don't identify God the father as being like your father growing up. Even if you had the best father in the world, he can't match up to God the father. God the Father is separate. He is absolutely loving. He is absolutely perfect. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is one amazing Father. The Bible tells us who God the Father is and, and the fact is that we judge every other father according to God the Father and what the Scripture says about God the Father. He is amazing. Our Father who art in heaven Hallowed be your name. That's actually our dad you're talking about there, if you're a Christian. And that's how he views us this morning. As we have given our lives over to him, we are his kids. Hey, I I, I don't know how many here have asked Jesus into their lives and known the forgiveness of sins. I don't know how many here have now come to the place of realizing and understanding God is my father, Jesus is my elder brother. And I am a child of God. my, My dad is God, God in heaven. He is my father. I don't know whether you found that out yet because you're sitting there as if you were saying, I can't believe that. Well, I want to tell you it's amazingly true for God is your father. You are children of the living God this morning. Still not there. I can't see it in your eyes yet. and no, I can see you this morning. The lights are not on my eyes. Hey, listen. Turn to the one next to you and say, did you know I'm a child of God? Just, just tell them that. If you've asked Jesus into your heart, tell them that. Hey, hey. Hey, now do this. Shake them and say, no, I really mean it. I am a child of God. Tell them like that. I am a child of God. Hey, get this. You've got to get this. I'm a child of God. I've been adopted into the family of God. I am a child of the living God. I'm part of the family of God. <laughs> we're sinners. We're rebels. We're lawbreakers, every one of us. And we've all run away from his goodness. I know, I know you got excited when you saw Teen Challenge up here. Every one of them has stories to tell of their brokenness and what the devil did in their lives. And the mess that they got into. But I want to tell you, such was some of you, and such was I. I want to tell you, every one of us needed the same amount of the blood of Jesus to come into the family of God as what they had. I want to tell you, we've been rescued, we've been set free, and we've been adopted into the family of God. In the past, we turned our back on His provision In the past, we run away from God. But Jesus was sent from heaven and he came on a mission. Hey, my big brother came looking for me. Oh, yeah, my big brother Jesus came looking for me. And I want to tell you, it was a journey for him. And the fact is that now he had to go to a cross and die because of me. He died for my sins. Oh, 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 listen, you, we can get to the place we get so religious that we think, yeah, he died for their sins. As we point to people who have given their testimony of a bad background, he died for their sins. No, I want to tell you, you're as much a sinner as they were. You're as much of a sinner as I was. He died for my sins, friends. Say it, he died for my sins. And so the fact is that we have now if we've accepted Jesus into our heart, we've been adopted into his family, and you have a new identity. Oh, oh, oh yeah, Jesus, he worked from his identity, I am the Son of God. Now we work from our new identity, we are the adopted sons and daughters of God. Oh, I want to tell you that you have a new identity in Jesus Christ The fact is that we're an adopted child of God through Jesus' love and His death on the cross. And now we're brought into the family of God. God is our Father, Jesus, our elder brother. Our identity has changed. I I, I don't know what your family upbringing has been like, what your family... And thank God if you had a great great upbringing, but I want to tell you, you're in a better family now than you've ever had in the past, because over and above every other family connection, you are now a child of the living God. He is your Father, Jesus is your brother, and we are brothers and sisters together in the family of God. I am a child of God. (laughs) Now, I don't know, you're not getting as excited as first service. I- I've got to tell you that. I-, I got so excited in first service, I called the worship team up for a praise break. And-, and I think I need that right now. So, wherever you are, worship team, can you come out? And uh, yeah, here they come. They were more ready this time. All right. I am a child of God. Say it with me. I am. Say it as if you mean it. I Say it as if you're excited. Come on, I am. Oh, come on, say it louder than that. I am a child of God. Come on, shout it out. I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, on your feet. We're going to sing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah!
0: Oh yes, yes, Jesus, Jesus! Come on, give it to Him. We love You, Lord. We love You, Lord. Hallelujah! All right, sit down. I got news for you. We're going to be laid out. All right. But listen, it's going to be worth your staying. So now, my identity has been changed. I am a child of God. And so not only that, we now need to understand that what that means is that as a church, we are brothers and sisters. Um, now, you, yeah, one person gets excited about that, but… It's exactly what the Apostle Paul was saying when a young guy came to him in the church way back in the Scriptures, and he was wondering, what kind of relationship should I have with these other single women in my church? And Paul says this, treat them as sisters. And it's the whole new category of male and female when it comes to the church, and it's wonderful because the world has nothing like it. In the world, everything is sexual, and, and, uh, but in the Bible, it's family. In the world, men and women, if they have any sort of relationship, they're usually heading towards some sinful place. But in the Bible, you can love your sister, and you can love your brother, every, uh, and you can care for one another and, and the fact is that you can enjoy one another and have fun together. You can serve God together because you're a family and it's a category of relationship that the world knows nothing about. And you can walk with a friend who is your sister. And maybe, maybe it's going to get to the place where you now find that, that you're loving your sister with a little bit more love than you thought. But you know that the Bible says that until you're married, sex outside of marriage is wrong. And, and so now I'm going to keep myself pure for my sister who I've fallen in love with. And, and on a day you'll stand before God and you'll join together in marriage. And that night you'll say Hallelujah. See, everything changes in relationship when it comes to the family of God. You begin to know that, that any sexual relationship outside of marriage is off limits according to the Word of God. And, and so, now, so now you walk with God. You know, um, I, I see everybody on Facebook and Twitter and other social medias who are saying, I've got friends, I've got friends, I've got friends. I want to tell you what's better than friends. Family is better than friends. And God through Christ gives family, and God is the father of our church family. So it is that now we've come to this relationship. Our our identity is that we are children of God, and out of that now we are put into the family of God, the church. The church is the family of God, and we are brothers and sisters together in the family of God. Now, I can just read some of your thinking out there right now as you say, well, you know, Pastor John, some people in this family, Riverside, they annoy me. And then there's others who say, well, you know, uh, they, there are people here that just bother me. And, and you say, well, I, I, I can't see that I'm going to get along with this one and that one and the other one. And, and um, all I would say to you is, welcome to the family. <laughs> welcome to the family. <laughs> what a family it is. It's a huge, painful, annoying mess. I'm sorry to be real. Is it alright to be real? Yeah, but the family, the family of God, it it, it is, it can be this huge, painful, annoying mess. And actually that's the analysis of many, many families dare I say it, most families. Actually, here at Riverside, everything was great till you came. Uh, No, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. But we don't give up on family. And if you're family, you love people in spite of themselves. And if you're in the church family, I want to tell you this. In the church family, you're in the first family. Now, I know you love your family, or maybe you don't. But when it comes to the church family, you're in the first family. And I tell you why. This is the family that you're going to be with forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And some of you are now saying, oh no. (laughs) Hey, do you know the difference between a restaurant and a family dinner? It's not a joke, friends. I'm just asking the question. But See... When you go to a restaurant, you sit down, and somebody takes care of everything. You can even complain about it. I didn't like the mashed potatoes. The gravy was too salty. Please give me a complaint card. If you went to your mum and dad's house, and now you're there, and... Um, you begin to complain, your father's going to do something with you. If you go to your mom's house, your dad's house, and you just sit there, and, and, and they, they'd say to you, hey, hey, what are you doing sitting down? You need to help lay the table. You need to get things ready. You're part of the family. Well, I'd like dessert. Oh, Really? This is family. If you want something out of the fridge, you've got to go and get it out of the fridge. And then when dinner's done, you don't just leave your plate and walk away. You bring it to the sink, you scrape it off, you get it cleaned up. Why? Because this is family. And in the family, you do something. The difference between a restaurant and a family is whether or not you Do something. That's the difference. So here you are in the church family. You're like, you know what? In the church family, if I'm in the family of God, if I'm a child of God, I'm in the family of God, then I'm going to come early to serve. I'm going to pick up my own trash It's unbelievable the trash we have to pick up after a Sunday. Pick your own trash up. I'm in the family of God, so I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give the first 10% of my income to God. I'm going to be serving somewhere. I'm going to find a place to serve. I'm going to be in a connect group. I'm going to help some people, and I'm going to invite others to join the family. I'm going to invite people to come to the family. And listen, friends, you're sitting inside Riverside family today. I know it's a mess. I know it's a big, crazy family, but it's my family. So give me a chore. Give me something to do anything because I'm family, and I need to do something. Some of you are like, I didn't like the music, and the sermon, especially today, is too long. See what's different in the family? If you see a need, you meet it. In a restaurant, you won't meet that need. You may complain. You don't walk into a restaurant and say, are there any non-met needs here today that I can give above and beyond the cost of the meal? Can I give towards your new sign? Can I give towards some new chairs? Can I give towards some new linens for your tables? Because, I, 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 you know, I want to go over, over and above the cost of the meal because I'm personally invested deeply in this restaurant. I want to tell you what would happen. They'd call 911 and say, hey, can you come? We've got a crazy here. But that's what it is in the church. You walk in, it's where can I serve? Where am I needed? What can I give? Are you remodeling the children's area? That's got to cost a lot of money. Yeah, we need $100,000 to get it done. How can I help? What can I give? Can I up my give until the end of the year? What can I do in order to make that happen? This is my family. I am part of the family. Plug me in. Give me anything to do. Give me a chore to take care of. I am part of the family. And here's the truth this morning, friends. If you're not plugged in, if you're not in a connect group, if you're not serving, if you're not connected, if you're not feeling that you're part of the family, you will be here for about a 12 month and then you'll be gone. And then you won't go to church or you'll find another church and you'll wait until that one doesn't satisfy you and you'll be off again and you'll look for the ideal church and you'll never find it because they don't exist rather than just saying, hey, this is family And I'm going to love it, I'm going to serve it, I'm going to make it better, beginning right now where I'm at, I'm going to love it, warts and all, I'm going to love the family of God. And that's what I want you to do, because that's what the amazing Jesus said. He says, my mother and my, my brothers are those that know my word and do it. It's not that they're just looking for religious entertainment. They just don't follow in the crowd. But the ones that really are my family, he says, are those who know the word of God and do it. Those are really the family of God. They're there And they're looking for serving opportunities. They're owning the mission of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it elsewhere. He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he was talking about money. And he says, if you're really invested in the family, if you're really invested in what they're doing, if you're invested in touching a nation and touching a city and touching a nation and touching a world so that we bless Teen Challenge and we bless Brazil and other nations of the world, it is that now we're invested our hearts in this thing and so our money will follow our heart." So I'd like to invite you to get involved. Get plugged in. See what God's doing. Don't waste your life invested in God and His people. Now, nearly done. So firstly, our identity, who we are. We are the children of God. You're God's child. If you're God's child, do something. Out of your identity, do something. Now, before I close... I've got two scriptures to give you that I know that God gave me to share with you. And um, I, I was a little scared, uh, if I'm honest, because I'm a people pleaser. Deep down, I'm a people pleaser. And, 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 and I said, if I give them this scripture, they're not going to be my friends. If I give them this scripture, they'll be canceling me off Facebook. If I go through what you give me here, Lord, it's going to be that, that, that I, they, they'll slide out a side door instead of coming through the middle doors and shaking my hand. And God said, if you want to be a faithful pastor, you'll do what I tell you. And, and so I'm going to share that with you. Here's the scriptures. The first one is 1 Timothy 4 and verse 1. Listen carefully to what it says. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Okay. You look more ready for your dinner than you do for your... All right. 1 Timothy 4.1. The Spirit makes it clear that in the last days, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. These liars have lied so well and for so long, they have lost their capacity for truth. How many know that's a heavy, revy scripture? Are you ready for the next one? Because this one's heavy too. Hebrews chapter 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and to do good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I want to tell you three inspired lies that are going around right now across the nation, and they affect our church as any church. Here are the three things that God told me I had to Highlight this morning to you in closing. We're the family of God. And as the family of God, we meet together on a Sunday. We come together for the family meal. We come to worship God by worshiping with singing and worshiping Him by listening to His Word. And, and, and here's the first thing that, that God told me, that the lives that's going right around right now, inspired by hell, Number one is you don't need to be regular in church. You know, my generation growing up, you were in church every Sunday. For me, I don't know about your family, for me, I could be half dead and they'd carry me in and lay me on the front pews. I had to be in church every Sunday. But now, but now we're slipping into a time where it's according to how I feel when I get up on a Sunday morning whether I'm going to the family of God. It's according to what other things may be on that I'm now going to decide whether I'm going to the house of God to meet with the family of God. And now you get irregular. Here's another thing the Lord told me to tell you. This is a lie that's going around. If your child's sports Conflicts with church every week. Don't worry, the sport is too important to miss. Well, I haven't even got a quote on that I'll say something on that. And then the last thing. Hey, you do, need, do not need to get dressed for church. Just tune in online. It's just as good online and no one will miss you anyway. Now, I want to tell you that all those three things flies in the face of these scriptures. It challenges these scriptures. It, it tells us that there are lies going around and, and that it will be happening just before Christ returns. 1 Timothy 4.1, listen, the Spirit makes it clear that in the last days some are going to give up on the faith And chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. And then this instruction that I believe is for the church of our day. It's very clear. Hebrews 10, 25. And and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another. Especially now as the day of his return is drawing near and I lovingly say to you as pastor and friend this morning, you need to be in church regularly. You need to make it the deal that I'm going to be with the family of God whenever they meet together, I'm going to be there Whether I like them or not is besides the point. I'm going to be there. It's God is my Father. I am a child of God. I meet with the children of God. Even if I don't like some of them, the place is big enough. Sit on the other side of the church. Don't give up on regularly attending church. Hey, listen. When you put sport or any activity before God and His family gathering. You're telling your children that church does not matter. And I tell you what's going to happen. When they grow older, they'll not be in church at all. When it is that you say other things are more important than meeting with God and His family, you are now bringing into the minds of your kids a habit that will grow to the point that they will not be in church when you are older and they are older. It's gone very quiet. Online church, I want to tell you, we stream our services. And if you're watching online, we welcome you from around the world. We're thrilled you're watching. And if you're watching around you, we're thrilled you're watching. But listen, online church is for emergencies. It's for sickness times. It's for vacation times. If you are near enough and able enough to get to meet with the family of God, you should be here and not watching online. Now, I I didn't say that for a clap, but it's encouraging. But the thing is, the thing is, friends... We can't give up. We can't lose meeting together. I can't face a week without you. If you think that watching online that I'm not going to miss you, you are absolutely mistaken. I've been pastor in this church now for nearly 20 years, and I want to tell you I know when you're away because you all sit in the same places every week, and I'm able to look and say, Ah, so and so's not here, and they're not here. Oh, they're they're on vacation. They told me they would be, and and I know when you're not here. And listen, you You are missed. You are part of the family. You're my sister. You're my brother. You need to be with the family of God, meeting together to worship God. All right, I'm closing because that was a half hearted clap. All right. I'm going to pray a prayer that I believe God put into my heart. Let's pray. Father God, you know I love this family. I thank you for this family. We admit that this family needs work, Lord, but it's a great family. We have some good brothers and good sisters, and we've got some others that need some work done on them. Thank you, Father, that you're a loving Father, a gracious Father, a patient Father, a compassionate Father, a generous Father. And now, Lord, we step into our future. We thank you because in faith we're praying and we are seeing hundreds more people come into this house every weekend. God, we are praying and we're thanking you for hundreds of new Christians who are coming to faith in you through Jesus Christ. We're thanking you, God, for people being healed and set free from demonic power holds, demonic influences breaking from their lives. We give you praise because that's going to happen. Oh God, we thank you for more weddings happening here. We thank you for many more children being born, fostered, or adopted in this house. We thank you for our financial needs being met. We lay them at your feet and say, God, if you don't help us, we pray that you will encourage us in our giving and send supernatural supplies to us. Oh God, may we understand our identity, that we are the children of God. And we are children in your family. And out of our identity may activity come. Oh God, let there be activity that's going to come out of our identity. We believe for more of this family serving in some area of this church. We believe for more family giving their tithes and their offerings, We believe for more families that are in connect groups. We believe, Lord, for more families that are serving in our children and our youth ministry. More families serving as welcoming and greeting and loving new people who are going to flood this place. We ask for your glory. For the good of others. And for our joy. In Jesus' name we thank you for this super amazing family of God, amen, amen, come on let's stand and we're going to sing our way out here, I love you very much, God bless you.